1989. Robin Williams urged us, Carpe Diem, seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. The Detroit Pistons won the first of their back-to-back championships, and a cop and a killer unloaded tens of thousands of rounds while fighting back-to-back against the Chinese Mafia. It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need, the need for we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, what's up everybody? This is LPJ and with me to my right sitting in a lovely red shirt is... Wicka, 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 Sphinx! <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> that was me pumped. Is that your, is that your DJ? A little bit. Whatever that was? That's my rapping skills from college. Skills, okay. Yeah, I had some mad th- th- stuff back in the... I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, I'm just no. rambling. Yep. I think there was a Niner in there. I don't know. There might have been. <laughs> well, this is the Last Action Podcast, and uh, this week we are talking about the 1989 Hong Kong action classic, The Killer. Not to be confused with other things that sound like The Killer, like The Killers. Uh-huh, Mr. Brightside. Yeah, and other things. The Replacement Killers, also directed by, or made in conjunction with John Woo. Yeah, or Kill. Bill. Bill. Volume three? There is no volume three. <laughs> There's only one or two. It's, it's late. That would be a fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close to being it's late. Not. We need to do Kill Bill anyway. That's, we will that's at later. some point. So uh, actually, is, that's a good reference anyway. Here we go. All right. Yeah. So this, the is, this is the killer, directed, written and directed by John Woo. Sure was. Which we have brought John Woo up, haven't we? We have for a lovely film called Broken Arrow. Well, we didn't find it very lovely, but no. sure. This was actually this this film, The Killer, is one of the reasons why John Woo moved over to the United States. This is what this is one of the films that um, propelled him to uh, Western acclaim. Sure did. Yeah. So, what was your first uh, experience with The Killer? Um, yesterday. Oh yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> it was. First yesterday. of all, I need to apologize because I suggested this movie, not realizing that it's unavailable everywhere unless you buy the Blu-ray. Which luckily the Blu-ray was pretty cheap on Amazon. I think I paid seven bucks. Yeah, 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 it was seven bucks. Yeah, which isn't bad. Which is the most expensive I've had to pay for anything that we've done on this show so far. It is true. So, but you get to keep it now. You know, I feel like when when I bring movies up to the show, sure. they're movies that are easily accessible, even free. But when you or your guests bring movies up, I have to pay money. Well. Fork it over, man. You know, I have, you a funny, I have a funny story. So it was Last Action Hero that you had a problem with, right? Yeah. Another one that you recommended based on the podcast. I got an email. No no bullshit. I got an email <laughs> okay. from Amazon saying that there was a network issue with people downloading. <laughs> that was me. And they refunded me $5. <laughs> yes. That was me. Yes, it was you. And I didn't tell you this either. Just a week ago, yeah. they gave me, for whatever reason, an additional $12 credit. Yeah, you're the reason. I got my uh, five bucks back. Yes. You got 12 bucks back? The system works. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you complained. Jeff Bezos, as rich as that man is, likes to give a little bit back. He can afford $17. Yeah, you clearly. sure can. All right. So anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. So your first your first experience watching this movie was on Blu-ray. Yeah. And it was yesterday. Yeah. So. Had you even heard of this movie before? Um, Only from the research from Broken Arrow, actually. Okay. So hearing that this was a John Woo movie and that, like you mentioned earlier, that this was one that kind of propelled him and started to move him into Hollywood yep. is, is really all that I had known of it. Um, how familiar are you with John Woo's uh, Hong Kong career, like Chinese career? I, I just know that he's a big deal in the in the Hong Kong world. I know that this movie got tons of awards for, for what it did um, and that he already had been around quite a bit leading up to this movie. That's really about it, though. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the the first time I saw this movie was um, I was in high school. Uh, I was big into John Woo films, th- movies like 
Broken Arrow, Hard Target. Uh, so was it the American movies that then wanted you to then get into his Hong Kong stuff? Um, or was it the other way around? It was kind of both. Into- it was both the same time. Okay. Because uh, I was... I had seen this movie and Hard Boiled mm-hmm. um, pretty close together. And at the same time... Uh, and the reason why I watched them is because... Um, Broken Arrow had come out and uh, Hard Target was out and I was a big John claude Van Damme fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I kind of saw all like four all four of those movies sort of at the same time. I had rented them and, and watched them. And, uh, and, and I just love John Woo as a director in most things. Some things are terrible, but, you know, like Mission Impossible 2 was garbage. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I haven't seen the second one. I've seen all the other ones except the second one. Well, you're not missing much. Sounds like it. Yeah. So one thing that we brought up about John Woo back in Broken Arrow that I I do want to bring back up now is how he was raised as a Christian because this is heavily influenced in this movie. Yeah, there's a a fair amount of it. I I mean, we have the scenes. Do you want me to keep going? You're giving me a look like like I was going to spill the beans on something you had secretly saved for later. No, please. Go right ahead. All right. So, I mean... You, the the movie begins and ends in a church, mm-hmm. um, which I mean we're talking about a movie in Hong Kong, so that's a little bit out of tradition. I would I would say with Chinese culture, not necessarily that region, um, with the British influence there, but nonetheless, um, you know we're seeing a lot of that being done. You had mentioned in a previous episode as well how he likes to use, is it is it doves? That's yeah, right, there's and, a, and there's a lot of them in here. There are a lot of them in there, right? So we really start to see Wu's background and his past and his life um, being influenced in this movie or him using it in, in this film a lot. I thought it was, I don't know, just, just to give my first piece of it, I thought it was slightly distasteful how he used the church in this movie. Mm-hmm. And... And especially if he is considering himself to be a Christian, like, man, does that church get blown away at the end? Sure. And when he blows up uh, the statue of Mary and all that other stuff and and the priest gets shot and killed, like, I I wonder if there was any backlash um, from any of the Christian churches about this movie or anything like that. I don't know. I mean, it was... I can't imagine I would, there was. Really? Because I feel like this was pretty intense. Yeah, I think it was. But at the same time, I, I think it's the juxtaposition of having a shootout in a church. You know, it's a place that's that's supposed to grant people refuge. And it's and it's under siege. I mean, if anything, it paints, it paints a, a good... It paints a fine line between who the good guys are and the bad guys are. Even though the, the good guys aren't necessarily really the good guys, mm-hmm. they're in the church, they're looking for sanctuary and the bad guys are coming into the church to try and destroy that sanctuary. Do you think a movie like this would ever fly in the United States? It didn't. And that's because, uh, John Woo has tried repeatedly to make this movie here in the United States. It just recently got greenlit for a remake starring, I believe it's, I think it's Lupita Nyong'o who is going to take over the lead. I had it here somewhere. She's going to be the girl, Jenny. No, she's she's going to be the killer. Really? Yeah, they're going to do a female killer. I I believe it's Lupita Nyong'o. Let me, huh, I'll, I'm going to pull it up right now. Is is Wu doing it then, or is he just going to kind of be like an executive producer type of role? Uh, yeah, it is Lupita Nyong'o. Um, developed by Universal Studios. I feel like uh, though they're even if they Brian no Brian uh Brian Helgland is going to oh do the writing for it. Uh, I think he, Brenton Helglund might be directing it too. It's not John Wood directing it though. Okay, I feel like they're not going to use the church influences in this remake. I don't know. I, I don't mean, think they're, they're, they're going to They're clearly going with a bare bones version of it. I mean, if Lupita Nyong'o is going to be the lead in mm-hmm. it, then there is a um, a big difference between what they did in this film in the killer versus what the Hollywood remake will be. And you know who knows? I mean, he's been trying to get this movie made here since 1992 you know and and never had never it never got off the ground 2007 it was supposed to a remake was supposed to happen uh with john h lee directing it um and that never ended up happening and and you know there's there's a it's been it's been in the works for forever 
um, and and never got off the ground. So there's there's no telling if they're ever going to make a remake of this. Okay. And I don't know if they necessarily should. I mean, it's a good story as far as like the bare bones version of the story goes. It is a good story. I personally didn't like the way it was executed in this movie, but yeah, and I'm the, curious the premise of it was like I got it. It was neat, different. You know, a little, little bit of a twist there. Okay. And how you're trying to feel sympathetic for this assassin um, that's killed a hell of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in this movie alone, but sure. that's even the end of his career, as it seems, in the film. Um, yeah. Well, let's get back to the cast. Let's 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 run through the, the credits real quick. So you got John Woo directing it. Mm-hmm. I believe this is his second or third film he did a uh, maybe no maybe maybe his fourth because he did a better tomorrow and a better tomorrow two he also did hard-boiled um and he did uh, obviously this film and i saw that with a better tomorrow two the producer he was working with felt that the movie was garbage yeah and didn't want to green light this movie he had a hard time getting this movie made and he eventually so he cast chong and fat and danny lee both mm-hmm. of whom had worked with John Woo before and other things. They, um, they're huge. They're like, they're like the Tom Cruise and, you know, Harrison Ford of, no, maybe not Harrison Ford. <laughs> they're like the Tom Cruise and, I don't know, Mark Wahlberg of, of the United States. You know, they're action stars. They have their own production companies. They kind of do what they want to do. Um, okay. So they got their production companies to help bankroll this film, and that's kind of what got it moving. Um, Chung and Fat from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, I knew him. He mm-hmm. was the only person I knew in the movie. Danny Lee hasn't really done anything outside of Asia, um, but he's huge. He's like he played. He his whole thing is he plays cops basically. Okay. He's he's essentially. He kind of reminds me of. Um, uh, what's his name? He played Commissioner Gordon in uh, uh, Dark Knight. Why can't I think of his name now? Uh, Crap. I know it's. Um, oh my god! It's on, it's on my people tongue. are going to go nuts on us. Uh, Gary goes, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, he kind of he reminds me a lot of Gary Oldman. Um, in fact, I could see Gary Oldman playing his role very easily in uh, in a remake. He seems a lot older though. Like Gary Oldman. Mo- yeah, like Gary in the Oldman's movie, he was he was young and did a lot of stuff. Danny Lee. Danny Lee was older when he did this. Was Danny, Danny Lee's older than Charlie and Fat. I would have thought they'd be pretty similar in age. No, this was this was l- not later in Danny Lee's career, but you know, I would say he's in his like early forties in this, maybe mm. late thirties. Okay, and Danny Lee is is our leading inspector. He's the cop. Yeah, yeah he's the cop. Inspector Lee is his name. Inspector Lee. Yep, and Chow Yun Fat is uh, the killer. The killer. Ah Jong. Is that right? Ah uh, Jong. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I, I think it's Ah Jong. Yeah, Ah Jong. I guess you would pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Ah Jong. Or Jeff is what they call him. Jeff. Yeah, in the American version, in the in the dubbed version, his name is Jeff. Oh, I I watched it with the subtitles. Oh, I didn't. I watched it yeah, dubbed. Really? Yeah, and it was actually the dub is pretty good. Was that even an option? Yeah, it's under languages. You press. Dub. <laughs> you you select English. I feel like once I put it in, it just started playing. It and, did. You had I to didn't, change. You yeah, had to manually change it. Oh, all right. Yeah. I was okay with the subtitles. Yeah, no, the subtitles aren't bad, but you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's not. It's not like there's a ton of dialogue in this movie. Oh, so they call him Jeff. All right, I'm gonna go from. I'm gonna go with Jeff from here on, so I don't screw up that name too much. Yeah, and then they, you know, Mickey Mouse and Dumbo is how they. What? You didn't catch that part? No. That must not have came out. So in the dub version, not? they refer to themselves. Did we see two different movies? What the hell happened here? No, in the dub version, so um, Chong Young Fat's character Ah Jong and Detective Lee. Lee Ying, they um, don't ever tell each other their name. They just refer to each other as nicknames. So Chow Young Fat is Mickey Mouse, and Danny Lee's character is Dumbo. Oh, do you know what they call? <laughs> Butthead and Numbnuts. No. What was the other one? No, what did they? Oh, uh, they called each other Shrimp something. Oh, Shrimphead? Shrimphead. And, and I was like, what the hell kind of nickname is Shrimphead? Yeah. That's what, that's Har- what yeah. the inspector called Chow Young Fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in the in the dubbed version, they called him Mickey Mouse, and and Danny Lee was Dumbo, and it was very that part was kind of silly. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense. But they, in the dubbed version, that's what they called each yeah, other. That's really dumb. Yeah, so that's how they that's how they talked to each other throughout the movie. They did only they were only referred to each other as uh, via their nicknames. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, so basically, Chow Young Fat is a killer. Danny Lee is the detective that's trying to catch him. And then you have Sally Ye, who is a is a singer. She's something. Yeah, she's a she's a singer who gets caught in the line of fire. Does she? Mm. It doesn't look like anything happened. Well, the gun went off in front of her face, and the flash from the bullet burned her eyes. So she got a flash burn. Can that happen? Yeah. How likely is it to happen? I don't know. How likely is it that a singer is going to get caught in a crossfire from a killer in a in a whatever a mafia owned restaurant? Fair point. I I I don't know. It was so weird. I I would have thought at first I thought like she lost her hearing or something. Sure. Then they decided to play off that she went blind. I'm like what? And then it was like not totally blind. Yeah, it was degenerative. Yeah, but then she like couldn't recognize anybody. Yeah, she was getting degeneratively. It was it was degenerating. It was getting worse. It was something. Mm -hmm. Okay, who else we got? Uh, That's really about it. I mean, there's not really anybody else you're going to recognize in this. There's really no other main character. There's there's well, the inspector's got a partner. Yeah, the inspector's got a partner, and then there's a mafia boss who was hiring who had hired um, Chow Young-Fat to do some killing, but then frame him later on. Um, yeah, but they were kind of like... thats I didn't understand that relationship. They were kind of like friends, is that right? No, that's or is the, that go- the other guy? That's the go-between. He, yeah, the so go-between. You've got, you've he got was the like boss. an elder of the triads, the, the group, the mafia. He's like the guy... He's the bankroller. He's the one that sets up all the meetings. Yeah. So he provides the, the, the missions for whatever assassin mm-hmm. they, they happen to hire. They happen to hire Chung and Fat in this case. He gets a mission from, I don't even remember the guy's name. Uh, Wong Hoi. Wong Hoi. Gets a mission from Wong Hoi. He's supposed to go kill a, is he a senator or a- Some sort some of politician, poli- some, some sort of politician, like. yeah. And, um, but they were going to frame him for the murder. Yes. And I don't really know why. Um, what I got out of it is they were concerned that maybe he was being, like, exposed. Like, people were going to start to notice him. But then, and so they wanted to kind of, like, get rid of that loose end type of deal. But that doesn't really make any sense. No, and I think that's one of the things that kind of gets lost in the translation is the intent. Like, why? Why they wanted to kill him. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, there are a couple of things, and, and because I was, the guy's a hell of a killer, I figure you want to keep him on as long as you wanted to. You think? Because in that opening scene, when he goes into that bar where, where Jenny is, I mean, he he kicks ass. Yeah, he goes he goes nuts. Yeah, he walks in, two guns, blows everybody away. He sure does. Yeah. And one of the trends I keep seeing in this movie, that I'm like, what the hell? Is it just uh, it's. I feel like there's like a bus waiting outside, and then they open up the door, and like 15 people start running out, and then it's time for him to start shooting more people. Yeah, I don't know where in the hell these people come from. And this movie really, so they they kind of loosely refer to this as the gun fu genre. Okay. So it's not kung fu, it's gun fu. Okay. And if you notice the theme in this, the heroes never miss, the bad guys always miss. They do. It's like worse than any James Bond movie I've ever seen. Yeah. So, like, any random shot that Chow Young-Fat takes is a shot between a guy's eyes. He could be standing... Or the chest. Or the chest. He could be standing a foot in front of a bad guy, and a bad guy goes to shoot him, and they miss. And that's just kind of the whole theme of this style of filmmaking. Yeah, it didn't bother me a whole bunch just because, you know, I love Bond, and that's always the case there. But, I mean, when, when you're talking about the the amount of people that are shooting at him. It's like, really? Like, oh yeah. You got to get me a little bit here. And it seems like every time that he does get hurt, it's always in the back. He gets shot in the back. He gets stabbed in the back. I think he gets shot in the back twice. Yeah. And it's like, while, while the bad guys are like dead when that happens, he's like, fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the the heroes have superpowers. They have superpowers. (laughs) Pretty much. That's what this film is. Yeah. Um, and this particular film heavily influenced people like Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. and um, Tarantino. Tarantino and uh, another important Asian film uh, another important Asian filmmaker um, Johnny Toe who okay. is basically like the Martin Scorsese 
of Asian cinema. He does a lot of crime dramas, uh, a lot of, um, I guess, like gangster films. Okay. Uh, and and he, these guys are very influenced by by what John Woo does here. Uh, and what's which is weird because John Woo is heavily influenced by Martin Scorsese. I was going to say it's interesting you brought up Scorsese because Woo says many times that Scorsese is a huge influence on him. In fact, this movie is dedicated. Was, yeah, it was, yeah, was dedicated to Scorsese. I think the movie in particular, oh, what was the name of it? It was in the seventies with Robert De Niro. Main Streets. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the one that he was kind of trying to reflect this movie on. Yeah, there, and and. You know, filmmakers feed off of other filmmakers, and that's what a lot of this, a lot of this is. Um, He also pulled a lot of stuff from uh, westerns as well. Yeah, which we made that reference with Broken Arrow, how much he loves western movies. You know, that Mexican standoff and all that. I mean, holy cow! I think there's like six or seven of those Mexican standoffs that happen in this movie. Well, this is where Tarantino got a lot of his gunplay from is yeah. the Mexican standoffs in this movie hard boiled has a lot of it too a better tomorrow has some um, but everything in here is like a Mexican standoff it's guys eat everybody's got two guns mm-hmm. everybody has unlimited ammo um, and even when they run out of ammo they've got a clip waiting right there or another gun waiting for them um, there's no such thing as running out of ammo in these movies which I, I read did you know these are real guns every single one of them was real yeah apparently it's hard to get gun permits in Hong Kong, so they are all imported from the United States, of course. And um, I'm, I'm assuming they just had blanks, right? Like that must have been how they were used. But uh, all the guns in the film are real. Uh, Hong Kong has very strict gun laws; they have to be specifically imported, and they're monitored closely. Um, Which, there are a lot of complaints from the residents because the gunfights that you did, yeah, they use <laughs> blanks. Um, Which, what the hell do you do with all those guns after the movie? I mean, there literally must have been hundreds of guns. At least. Right? Probably, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of guns. And what do you do with them when the movie's over? Because now you're stuck with a real gun. And are they all being licensed under John Woo? (laughs) Who's who's got the permit to all of these weapons? Uh, Well, he had to talk to the superintendent of the police just just to continue filming because they were getting so many... So many complaints on this. One oh, quiz, hot shot. I have a pop quiz for you. All right, what do you got? So, so they're filming this. It's, it's, there's a big scene at the beach house. Yep. Big shootout, mm-hmm. right? How many rounds of ammunition were fired in just that scene? Any idea? Well, the bad guys show up in like cars. Uh huh. So there's at least like twenty or thirty guys. Sure. And don't some of them have like some heavy duty shit? In yeah, that there's, scene some, too? there's some machine guns. Like, oh, there's a lot of pistols, but I think near the end they start to get a lot more deeper with the sure. semi-automatics. There's some, and there's all some that. silenced doozies. Yeah, I don't know, like five, ten thousand, twenty thousand. <laughs> Here's the second part. Ready? Which I mean, those are they're blanks, but that's like you had to actually put something in those guns. Here's the, here's the second part. In the final shootout in the church. How many rounds were fired? Oh, it's got. I'm gonna guess double. Forty thousand. <laughs> yeah. They fired uh, that forty thousand <laughs> shots in the church at the very end, and it's literally Danny Lee and Chow Young Fat against an army. These, uh, they had a bag of guns. This movie mm-hmm. ends with a duffel bag filled with guns. Yeah, it does. I, and I'm I'm fairly certain a bag of guns also appears in Hard Boiled as well. It's a it's a trope. Did you see? Um, how many days it took to film that final scene? No, I didn't. 36 days. It took up 36 days? 36 days just to do that final scene in the church. Oh. <laughs> that scene, you gotta admit, that scene is pretty amazing. It, it, it is. As far as action what, sequences as, go. It, when it comes to, I, I have to say, I, I'm gonna, I'll spoil a little bit early, this might be the most action of an action movie I've seen for this podcast, maybe ever. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Like, you get is now- this movie intense yeah you get now why people are influenced by him oh yeah and and you can see what's great about seeing a film like this is you can then see later on all the movies that you've that came after it in in the western side of things like on our side of things that have clearly drawn from them like people diving and shooting with two guns Mm -hmm. or you know massive waves of enemies being mowed down by machine guns and this is my first time seeing it so you know it seems like every 15 minutes when the movie there's a new <laughs> there's a new scene where it's mowing down of people oh yeah but but each time there's uniquenesses to it that don't make it dull 
No. Because I feel like after watching like 400 people die in this movie that you would like maybe start to get bored of people just getting shot over and over again. I didn't really have that feeling at all that, you know, maybe that's why it took so long, like 36 days to do that final one is they had to bring different unique elements to make it look different from how they did the previous shooting scenes. Sure. And, and I think a lot of that had to do with the variety of weapons they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point they've got a guy with like a massive shotgun. I think it's Danny Lee. He has this shotgun yeah. that's just blowing people away. They've got guys with semi-automatic weapons, fully automatic weapons. Wong Hui, the, the, the leader, he's got some sort of like missile thing at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, one interesting part. Almost like a grenade launcher. Yeah. How does um, Jeff, I guess. Jeff, yeah. He like goes flying through the air in the church. What caused him to go flying through the air? John Woo. <laughs> right? I immediately thought of Travolta flying through the air when that nuclear missile went through his chest. I'm, sure. like, I'm like, this must be where this comes from. Oh, yeah. Like, all that and, stuff. and it happens to Danny Lee, too, a little bit later. Uh-huh. He also just, for whatever reason, like in the middle of a gunfight, he just goes flying through the air. Yeah. Jumping and diving. Or, yeah, yeah they're all. Yeah. Y- yeah. It's just, it's the John Woo style. I mean, that's the yeah. doves. That's this. The Mexican standoff. The bag of guns. All the bullets. You know what I found interesting, too? I don't know if you saw this. Chow Young-Fat is not a fan of violence. No, he's not. He's a pacifist. Yeah. The man is a pacifist, <laughs> but he stars in all these and he stars in violent, I, I, violent films. I was going to say, I think the most violent movie I think I've ever seen, and he is a pacifist. Yeah. That, that's an awesome irony of yeah. life right there. He was mad about the whole kid dying thing. Yeah. Like when the well, kid- Well, he doesn't end up he doesn't, dying. He doesn't end up hurt, but, gets, but still gets shot. Why do you have a scene where a kid gets shot in a movie? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That was taken out, I believe, in one of the cuts. Was uh, it? For the Western audience. And it was it was totally unnecessary. Like totally why unnecessary. why were there kids on that beach to begin with? But what um, what the hell was the whole point of that? I don't know. I don't know. There's either. a lot of this movie plot wise that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, there's not. Um but it's the you know, it's kinda like with Rumble in the Bronx. There's no Yeah. The plot doesn't matter a whole lot. Mm-mm. I mean I let's so speaking of the plot for this, so Jeff goes on to to complete a hit. It, it, not a very quiet hit. He just starts mowing everybody down. The singer gets uh, caught in the line of fire, goes blind from a shot that Jeff took. For, for some dumb reason. Sure. I, ugh. And then Jeff takes it upon himself to try and reconcile with her without letting her know that it's him because she's blind now mm-hmm. by paying for a cornea operation. So he does this one last job to try and get some money. He wants $1.5 million. And, um, and he gets set up. Basically, by the leader of the the mafia, by the leader of the of the not the yakuza because they're Japanese, but yeah. whatever the Chinese mafia is. I liked <laughs> when um he he gets told about the final job. He's he pulls open some Budweisers yeah. with his buddy, <laughs> and he like throws it at the guy, and he like can't catch it, and then he like cracks it open for him, and like spews everywhere, and then neither of them know how to drink these beers. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what the hell is going on uh-huh. here? Why do they not know how to do that? And then they're in the middle of a conversation, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Jeff starts playing the harmonica out to the street of his apartment and it's like i think you're were they not in the middle of a conversation he just felt motivated to play some music he he went bob dylan on his ass all of a sudden yeah well they wanted they initially wanted Uh. him to play saxophone with the girl (laughs) playing piano but they didn't think was a gun gonna be in the case i don't know but they didn't think jazz would fit the film um, so that's why they the went with the song that they went with didn't do a little didn't do any better job either. No, and I it have was it. a weird ass emotional song. Well, that gets used really weird well, throughout say, the film. I will say this in uh, in Chinese cinema, these particular films, there's a lot of melodrama, and so a lot of what you're seeing in this it is representative of the culture and okay. what they want to see in the film. So initially, they were going to go with a jazz song or some kind of other song but the producer didn't think that would play well with Japanese with Chinese audiences so they went with a traditional Chinese song okay it was not not John Woo's plan he wanted to have this song which is mirrored after an uh, uh, Ennio Marconi I can't pronounce it I never pronounced his name right he does a lot of westerns so this is what they what he ends up playing on the harmonica but this is one of the songs that they uh, had earmarked for that scene. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think we need much more of that. Uh, no. That was yeah. hurting my ear. Yeah. So, lots of Western influences, um, and and, and that's that's kind of what it seemed forced. Of, it did like, seem forced. Like, what the hell fit. was the point of that damn harmonica? No, besides being irritating and weird, it was definitely a, a strange juxtaposition for the film. Yeah, and I like too how when uh, Jenny has him at her apartment. She decides to play some music, and she decides to play the song she was singing at the club. Yeah, <laughs> like her well, own recording. Yeah, her own recording. Hey, sure. let me let me turn on some music, and then oh, there it is, that song again. I'm like, who the hell does that? Hey, let me have you over to my house. I want to put on this sweet podcast <laughs> called the Last Action Last Action Podcast. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, it's me. Hello, who? Hey, who knew? Oh, oh crazy. Who knew? What, you know what the hell? Of course. Hey, CEO, right here. Seriously, they couldn't think of anything, anything else that they could have played at that moment well, except sure the song all over again. Yeah, but again, you know, that's the that's the whole melodrama that that goes with that particular style. It, it's something. I'll give you that. Yeah, and ultimately, the movie leads to another gunfight that ends up not going well. <laughs> that, that's that's the <laughs> you just described the movie. It yeah. just leads to another gunfight. Yeah, everything that's, just leads that's to another movie. gunfight. Everything and, that leads to another gunfight. And at some point. Danny Lee's character <laughs> decides that Chow Ying Fat is not that bad of a guy. Which, and then he thinks of him as like a friend. Yeah. There is no, I felt no emotion that made me think that these two were buddies. At all. Yeah. Like, you've right. watched this man kill dozens upon dozens of people. He tried to kill you several times. Remember the scene at the beach we're talking about with the kid? The, the inspector actually saves the killer's life, and then how does he try to repay him? He tries to shoot him while he's trying to get away and head to the hospital. Well, he does make a point to say, Danny Lee's character does make a point to say he's only killed bad guys. Great. So that's his justification, is he's only killed, he's only gone around killing other bad guys. Oh, so is that how things go in Hong Kong? As long as you're killing other bad guys, you can go ahead and kill people? Well, you know, in Danny Lee's eyes, yeah. Mm. Oh, and, and I do have one thing to bring up that we passed over. So when he gets the hit assignment, you notice he he selects a pistol, mm-hmm. but then he goes to kill the guy with a rifle yeah, on the boat. Yeah, he uses a sniper rifle. Yeah, and I like his disguise, his costume, his disguise. He's just got a mustache. He's just got a mustache. Yeah, and I like too how when they're like, oh, oh God, what's what's pretend that no one knows what's going on? Um, they try to say, oh, oh, what do you say? He he got tired. He got fatigued. He's not dead. Yeah. How did all of those people at this boat race not know what happened? The dude gets shot in the head, and then for some reason the killer needs to shoot him two more times. You shot the dude in the head, I'm pretty sure he's fucking dead. Yeah, you don't need to shoot him in the back as he's falling. <laughs> no. And then they're like, oh, we'll just tell everybody that uh, he was tired. He just passed out. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that, that, that's it. He had a spell. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. That, and the boat chase is pretty cool, though. The boat chase was was pretty cool it wasn't terrible all, y- y- all of the action sequence in this were really entertaining they were they were I don't know yeah we do find out it's a trap after that happens you know they have the whole fight they I liked the Mexican standoff in the operating room yeah that was that was dumb yeah uh, because I like how the doctors are like ignore what's going on let's keep focusing on the surgery it's like it's like really you've got three guys with guns staring would, at well, each that's other. What I would do too <laughs> if I was you know like shitting my pants. They're obviously they're in a Mexican standoff. It's called a standoff. They're not going to attack them. Yeah, just ignore them. Follow your orders. That was that was a line I had here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And then the police are trying to convince Jenny. Well, they tell Jenny like who the guy is because apparently Jenny, I I can't stand this subplot of Jenny. It is so dumb and like hurts this movie for me she's not fucking blind it doesn't make any sense how is this woman blind there's even there's even a scene where like you you kind of see like through the lens that it's kind of like blurry and all that yet she can never piece anything together like you can't you can't figure out that there's like guns next to you and you can't figure out that this guy looks at least somewhat like you like who do you think this stranger is that tried to save you like it's so (laughs) so stupid i hated it yeah, no, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. There's you're 100 percent correct. That is a dumb thing. I, granted, he has to have some kind of reason to get out of the game. Um, that's a dumb reason, but he needs some kind of reason. So I understand why. I understand why that's there. It was executed poorly, but there's a reason why it's there. Extremely poorly. Sure. I mean, I I don't I don't know. 
Yeah. yeah. It was. And then again, leads to another gunfight. Yeah, because she does believe the officer, because the officer's like, wouldn't you rather see him saved by us than killed by the, the mafia or whatever? And then she's like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. Sure. So they were going to go to uh, the airport and fly away together, and that's all set up. There was some weird-ass scene where there's a bunch of guys in suits all huddled together. It ends up not being him, or he's kind of off to the side because he thinks that it is a trap, which it was. Another whole fighting, shooting, gun scene happens again. They escape. What happened after that? I'm trying to remember. Who cares? Yeah. They, I think eventually they get I, caught. No, there was, a, there was a car chase in there, too, at some point. There was a car chase in there, and then the guy that gives him the orders... You know, was trying to get him to, was trying to talk to him about how he was going to finally pay him for the job, and he gets in a car accident. There's like three shooting scenes in a parking garage each time, too. I like to, you mentioned the, the you know, the house on the lake. When, when they're all shooting each other, the guys are like jumping and rolling out of the cars to start shooting at him. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Uh-huh. There's just so many of them. I, and the whole thing leads to a final showdown in the church. Yeah, and the church was like the 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 meeting place for is where where Young Fat went to go um, convalesce, like where where yeah. he got his wounds repaired. Um, it was kind of like a meeting place for the assassins to go to, kind of unwind after a mission. It and, was, and it's you know his his guy who gets the money from the triad leader mm-hmm. then you know he gets followed which obviously sure he's gonna get followed and i don't know how he didn't die in that scene either because there was like 30 guys in there and he found every creative way to not die i thought he was dead two times because oh, he got yeah. shot a whole bunch he should have been dead at least three times but then he ends up coming to his surmise anyway because as soon as he walks in the church he gets blasted in the back shot killed oh yeah and then they're making this whole like they're trying to make this whole emotional scene about it saying that he's like a dog what the hell was that going on i don't know lost in translation it, I it didn't make any sense he's like i i'm so sad about being a dog instead of a man and you know put me down like a dog <laughs> i'm like what does that mean you want to you want to get shot in the head yeah so you're out of your misery <laughs> i don't i don't understand that part either i mean again lost in translation we'll say uh, and there's just it doesn't seem like there's just i don't know there's no character i don't know i, I just it wasn't believable like i get what he was trying to go at you know kind of this two guys from very different perspectives coming together to go after bad guys like i, I get kind of what he was trying to do with there but the relations just were flat in how they were executed yeah and and you know again i think it's one of those things where they play it more subtle than they should yeah like and maybe it's maybe it's just we're not used to that maybe we're used to more of a plot in the movie well, look, you can't look at the plot of this because the plot is bonkers. But just even the even the emotional development between the characters is is very underplayed. But I don't know that that's necessarily not done properly per what they're used to. You in really think China. it's a you really think it's like a translation issue that's going on here? I don't. I think it's I a think cultural it's just, difference. It could be. I think it's. I think. I think the the the. the the cultural presentation of emotion in Hong Kong is different than the cultural presentation of emotion here in the United States. And I think maybe that's why it didn't necessarily, why it's not a big movie here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an important movie insofar as the action sequences are very influential and the way that the action sequences are put together. But it's not, this movie's not known for its story. I would hope not. No, and and you know, and, and we get we we get we've had some messages on Discord about necess- about going over the plot. This movie is not something that we can go over the plot with. You just kind of got to read it. Yeah, because ultimately the way it ends is there's a shootout, um, <laughs> a bonkers a, of a bonkers shootout, shootout like <laughs> hundreds of guys, <sighs> tens of thousands of rounds fired, and the whole plan for Chow Young Fat was if he died, he was going to donate his corneas to Jenny. <laughs> but then he gets blasted in the face 
and his eyes get blown out so he can't even do that in death and i, <laughs> I love that how him and jenny are both blind and they're like crawling around <laughs> trying to find each other yeah they're mere inches apart and they just can't do it and then plop, he's dead and then he's dead that's it it's like it's such a bummer of an ending <laughs> like it really is this movie ends well it's even better that the inspector because then the the, the boss the the mafia boss you know the cops show up which i don't know how they didn't show up earlier couldn't you hear forty thousand gunshots going off but they show up and then he's like the boss is like oh take me in take me in take me in. and then the inspector's like uh-uh that ain't happening boom caps his ass yeah and they Dead. immediately have to arrest the cop and then the movie ends. And then the movie literally, ends. Literally, the movie's the, movie, the movie's literally done. There's That's nothing it. left. Like, no. it ends with Chow Young-Fat dying and having his eyes blown out of his head. <laughs> Jenny's still blind, can't find Chow Young-Fat. <laughs> Even though she, Even they're, she's little, they're as close as you and I are to each other. Danny Lee has a chance to end being a hero, the Yakuza boss or the, the mafia boss getting arrested. No, he shoots the mafia boss in the head, murders him in front of all the other cops. And that's how the thing ends. It's just, and then they have like while they're doing this whole fighting scene in the church, there's like a brief moment where it's a little calm or whatever, and then that's where the inspector, uh, the cop, is like giving his undying love to to Chow Young Fat. He's like, you know, if if we get through this together, you know, we're just gonna be the best of pals. This is gonna be great and amazing. It's like what? Like no, that's not what's happening here. It doesn't even make any sense that that, that you're even working together at the moment now, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that you know what? It's, you're right. We can't. The plot's incomprehensible. It's not not great. The character development's not great. It's not. But this is not about that. This is about action. Do you know what the body count is? I looked it up. Uh, I had it. I'll let you go ahead, though. 120 people die in this movie. That's way low. <laughs> There's way more people that died than this. <laughs> you think so? Oh, God. 40,000 shots? <laughs> How many bullets is that per dead body? Well, look at look at the end of every scene. <laughs> like Bodies what the are piled set, like what up. the set looks like. It's just there's nothing like that church. There's literally nothing left of that church. Yeah. I don't even know how it doesn't fall over. Oh, I don't even know. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I mean the whole movie is the whole movie's bonkers. So he had speaking of shooting this film in bonkers, so you said that last scene took thirty days, right? Mm-hmm. He had ninety days total to shoot the film. Wow. So, so a third, a third of the movie of it was that is last that last scene. 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh, here it is. The final action scene took 36 days to shoot and was shot in a building made to look like a church. There you go. There you go. That is insane. This whole movie's bonkers. This whole <laughs> movie is bonkers. But I'll tell you what, LPJ, it was entertaining as hell. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was yeah. really good, right? It, it was. Yeah, it was super entertaining. I don't think you thought I was going to like it, did you? Well, I knew that I knew you were going to have problems with parts of it, and I wasn't really honestly I wasn't sure how you were going to react to it, only because this is very much outside the norm for what you're used to. It is kinda like I, I've mentioned it before, even though we haven't done one of those movies yet. Like I love Tarantino, sure, and there's so many references. You know, I can see where he's getting the influence from mm-hmm. this John Woo movie of the things that he does. Yeah, but also. And maybe this is just because I'm not as familiar with John Woo movies. Like with Tarantino, I know what I'm getting into when I'm there. Yeah. So when the when the ass backwards crazy shit happens, like, like oh, I, I, I think it gets executed perfectly. Yeah. In in its craziness, whereas I think RoboCop wasn't. But anyway, and but for this one, like it, yeah, it just didn't it didn't do it for me. It kind of missed those opportunities. See, and I'm the other way because I saw this before I saw Pulp Fiction. Okay. So, and I, I think I saw, yeah, I saw this before I saw Reservoir Dogs. Um, this is one of those movies that I, you know, I saw when, before it was like hugely popular cult movie, mm-hmm. I saw this film. This, you know, and Hard Boiled and, you know, when all, those, when all the other John Woo action movies were coming out. Um, so I knew what to expect. I mean, obviously, this is the, the like the third or fourth time I've seen this at this point. Okay. So I know what to expect when I see a John Woo film, and I can picture, I can point out things that oh, that's John Woo, that's John Woo, that's a John Woo thing, that's a John Woo thing. And then in other filmmakers after that, I could see like in Tarantino stuff, The Mexican Standoff, or you know, the bag full of guns, or everybody has has two guns, never nobody runs out of bullets, stuff like that. Yeah. Like I can see those influences, and I can appreciate. I guess that's what it is. I appreciate what this movie is. It's not necessarily a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Okay. Did you see at all uh, a rather bizarre music appreciation to this movie? Insofar as what? There is a group, a hip-hop group, that loves this movie and made an album that kind of fits the theme of what John Woo was going for. Really? Uh-huh. Who? It is Raekwon from the Wu-Tang Clan. That seems about right. He loved this movie. Yeah. And his first solo album, Away from the Clan, um, which is called Only Built for Cuban Links, okay. which is one of the top hip-hop, hip-hop albums of all time. Uh-huh. Like, and it is such a huge influence in the gangster rap genre. It's actually following a storyline that's similar to this movie, and he says that it is 100% influenced from this movie, The Killer. That's awesome. Because he brings the clan with him for all these different songs. So, like, Ghostface Killer is, like... If if Raekwon is um, the killer, then Ghostface Killer is is the inspector, <laughs> and so he says that like how they came to being and their togetherness of all that like that is one hundred percent like you how have, that album was influenced. Do you have a particular track? I do not have one. What's on the name me. of the album? It is uh, only built for Cuban links. Yep, there it is. I don't. You went too far. It, it's let's put, I, a, let's put a little bit on I, I've listened to the album maybe once or twice yeah. my younger brother loves Wu-Tang Clan he would probably tell me I'm doing a whole lot of things wrong on it but it is so good I think it's just like an intro man yo son Check the flash, son. What's up, cousin? How you Yo, baby, take it, man. One. I got a new connect, son. For real, man. Fuck all the 24 bricks, shit, man. Yeah. My man got out of state for 15. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yo, you know. Here we go. Yeah, this is a well known song. that amazing that's great it is it's a concept album based on this movie i can't believe you didn't know this i did not know that yeah it's he he uses clips from the movie throughout the album and john woo said he loved it he loved that they that they used it that's awesome i'm listening to this album on the way home i'm gonna have to now i'm gonna have to go buy this i kind of want to check out the lyrics too and figure out what he's all talking about i'm sure they will we should we should should, you know here's what we need to do (laughs) you need to break down the lyrics and then blog about this i i think i might have to because it it's like i listened to half of it uh a few days ago when i was writing up the my notes for this movie and i'm like this is damn good i gotta check with spidey uh uh chris Mm -hmm. cable 2kx i gotta feel i remember him i think i i think he mentioned this album to me once okay in conjunction in not necessarily with this movie but reckon he mentioned this to me once regarding something i don't remember what i wanted to ask him about it because he yeah. He's usually my go-to for stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. All right. That's You're, awesome. I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, you know, that's why I'm here. Yep. Just uh, just for this. Just for just that. Just for the hardcore rap uh, yeah, connections that's, to movies. You know, that's that's my real well. Because you, you know. 32-year-old white guy knows his, uh, his hip-hop real well. <laughs> good work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. I do love some good 90s rap, though. So Let's rate this. All right. All right. So, oh, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? I can go first. Do it. 
<laughs> just listening to to Raekwon, I think it's going to give me a <laughs> it's going to let me give this movie a little bit higher rating. You're going to have to now. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this. Uh, I'm going to give it three okay. out of five machine guns. Um, hopefully, at this point, our, our listeners uh, maybe realize that for me, plot and story does mean a lot to me. And when a movie lacks it, and when it does really stupid shit, it does turn me off. And I think I've mentioned quite a bit in this movie how a lot of things kind of turn me off. However, like I also mentioned on this episode, this is the most insane action movie in terms of what is going on in the scenes I think I've ever seen. I mean, there is so much blood, so many bullets, so many guns, so much all crazy over the topness that it's like, this is awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say three out of five. You know what? I'm going to go close. I'm going to go three and a half. I'm going to go 3.5 on this because um, you're right. Plot-wise, this movie is terrible. There's no, there's not a great, it's not a great plot. And I don't, and I can't tell if it's the plot, the translation. I don't really know, but that doesn't matter because it's not great. The point is the action is bonkers. It is insane. There is so many guns in this, so many people getting shot. That, that, that album now that I know of. <laughs> Kicks it up a little bit. Yeah. You could probably, you know, what you should probably do watch this movie with that album on and not even bother listening to the movie. That's not a bad idea at all. I wonder if it, I wonder if it flows. I wonder if it's like Pink the Floyd album is is like seventy minutes, eighty minutes. The movie is probably not much longer than that. No, I can't imagine it would be. Yeah, you cut out some of the garbage with Jenny. Yeah, maybe there's a. Re- I bet you. I wonder if there's a recut of this movie with that soundtrack over it. Oh, now you now you're really now, the now you're hole. really thinking. Uh huh. <laughs> we gotta, we're gonna get on this. So special project. Look for that from us. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Uh, but anyway, three and a half. Um, if for no other reason than the fact that this is a hugely influential movie mm-hmm. for a lot of American filmmakers like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and you know anybody else who love, well loves action films. Absolutely. Yep. So um, I'm glad. I'm pleasantly surprised at you. I'm happy you brought this movie up when yeah. you told me about it and when you're like, um, how opposed are you to having to buy a movie? Yeah, That's how I you know, started the well, conversation. You're super cheap, so I know. <laughs> I am. I'm like, oh God, what what stupid ass movie you're going to bring forward and good work. Thank you. I appreciate that. I you know like what? It. I, it makes me happy. Okay. All right, well, let's do the business. Let's do it. So uh, we, of course, are Last Action Podcast uh, here with uh, GameZilla Media. We sure are. And we are one of several podcasts on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, We obviously are on Mondays. But recording Mondays live is uh, the GameZilla podcast itself. Correct. And you can see them live on Twitch. And then the episode you can listen to the next day on Tuesday Mm -hmm. if you uh, missed the, the live broadcast that they do on Twitch. And then on Tuesday, we also have... Oh, no, that's it on Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday is is one of my favorite podcast mm-hmm. noobs and dragons yes craig wk dungeon master extraordinaire of gamezilla media takes chops and jazzy and jay or grimlock uh through the magical world of whatever the name craig named it i can't think of it right now but they're right now they're in narquellian city is that right okay yeah, they're in narquellian city and uh, it's, it's all about them playing dungeons and dragons for the first time and it's hysterical and, and craig has quite the creative mind he does very sinister craig Craig frightens me a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know what the funny thing is? Hmm. He's he's my son's favorite person in the world. Yeah, that that should frighten you a little bit. It does a little <laughs> bit. Mm-hmm. Thursday we have the Legend of Retro. Yep. Which is a podcast where they're looking at classic or vintage video games, uh, and that is Xander along with Craig WK as well and Chops mm-hmm. once again. And Friday's games a no Fridays is. Uh, Friday is nothing. Friday is nothing. Friday is nothing. Right but now. if you're looking for something on Friday, we have blogs that you can read. We Craig WK does a long play. Yep. We have our streamers that our are stream team that are doing things every day. Yep. Matrix test, uh, Spectre. Yeah. Deadite Glitch, a little bit. Deadite. Yeah. Deadite. Deadite loves to stream him some. Uh, was that horse racing I just saw a little bit ago? What <laughs> the hell was that? I don't know what he was streaming. <laughs> I have no idea. Was that game like 99 cents and that's why I decided to do it? It's You know what? He's entertaining. That's, that's He's for super sure. entertaining. Well, you'll see him in an upcoming episode, I'm sure, over here. Oh, I'm sure. That uh-huh. will be the case. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, rate us. 
uh, anywhere you can on iTunes, on Podcast Addict, or whatever it is, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate us, give us a thumbs up, that helps us out, and definitely visit our uh, Patreon page, GameZilla Media, uh, Patreon.com, I'm sorry, slash GameZilla Media. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very, very happy to take your money. <laughs> that That's for sure. And, and we very much appreciate it as more. Yes. And, and we will offer you more and more things. So there's a lot of Patreon perks, um, you know, that not only our show will start to be doing very soon, but that all the other shows that we mentioned uh, are doing a bunch of perks as well. So you get some even extra content that you can deal with. And yeah, we really do value you. Um, if you can become a patron, but we also value you if you listen to us. So. Yeah, check us out on Instagram too. Um, yeah, we would love to have more commentary. Sure. Um, so whenever we do something right or wrong, please let us know. We'd love to hear people's uh, opinions here on the killer, um, and on Wu Tang Clang if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and definitely join us on the Discord as well. We love hearing from you. Yep. Uh, so I'm again pleasantly pleasantly surprised about your reaction to this movie and it warms my heart that i can bring you a film like this for the podcast and not have you totally destroy it because there will be at least one more in the works i was gonna say don't get cocky because there's you know you you got lucky on this one Uh, we'll see uh for now though this episode of last action podcast has been terminated but we'll be back